Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Topic Thunder. My name is Matt Tierney at Matt Tierney MBA, and I'm alone today. Uh, I was supposed to do a recap of the Rockets game last night with Matty Moles, but he came down with a sickness and was not able to join. So I decided to wait till this morning to record so I could gather some Twitter questions from you all and we could go through them together just to have some uh, someone to talk to at least rather through a phone or Twitter or whatever. So thank you all for sending in questions. And I think it's only appropriate that we start with the biggest topic of the day, Russell Westbrook returning to Oklahoma City for the first time since he was traded. And uh, to start us off, we have a question from real underscore Kiwi hours. He says, how much do you miss Russ? And I think the answer uh, for me is the same as everyone at Chesapeake last night. If you didn't see the uh, introductions of the players, When Houston, uh, usually, you know, obviously the announcers don't give um, very energetic introductions to the opposing team. They usually go through them pretty quickly, but obviously with someone as important and influential as Westbrook, they they, uh, put on a show for him, and rightly so. So before the introductions, a little two-minute video, very well done, kind of showing... uh, basically everything about Westbrook, his stuff on the court, helping in the community, uh, spending time with his kid, which he, he, he smiled about when, if you watch the, um, the TNT feed, uh, when they showed a video of him with his son on the basketball court, he got a little, he was smiling. And, uh, I, I personally didn't think he would react that way. Um, but it was really, I, I loved, I just loved that moment. And then obviously all of his great plays, they threw in all of those. Uh, Babyface Westbrook was in there. It was it was really well done. I, I thought it went perfectly. And then to cap it off, um, our announcer doing his usual 6-3 from UCLA, that just brought back memories, man. I 
I, we did, had that audio clip on this podcast for all the times he was our player of the game last year. So if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you've heard that soundbite many, many times. And uh, you've heard it again uh, last night if you watched the game or you were at the game. Uh, I saw a lot of people in the crowd <laughs> getting emotional. I, too, was also emotional. I might, may have cried a bit. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. Um, and it put a smile on my face, too. I think I was smiling <laughs> for m almost the entire first quarter. I never stopped smiling. And part of the reason also was because he did his little run to the corner and clap and got the crowd going like he always used to do. I loved that. I didn't actually think he would because if you kind of think about it, it's a little weird to hype up the opposing team's crowd. But, I mean... Obviously, in this context, it makes sense. But, man, that was that was exactly as I think everyone hoped it would go. Not just because of that introduction, but we also won. <laughs> uh, we beat the Houston Rockets by 21 points, I believe. It was, uh, let me just make sure I got that right. We, we won sizably. And not only did we win, but... Uh, Westbrook still had a good game. He didn't get uh, his triple-double, but he did score uh, the team-high 34 points, 14-26 shooting, and so that was also the best on the team. He had twice as many points as the next guy, which was James Harden, who was defended so well by Terrence Ferguson, by Dennis. Uh, they they game-planned very well for him and he also didn't have a great shooting night which you know you have to have a little bit of that with James because he's so prolific that and sometimes unguardable that you kind of have to have those uh, games that he had tonight in order to stop him but nevertheless uh, Westbrook had a night he he uh, showed he gave the crowd a great show um, yet we still came out on top and final score being 113 to 92. I mean, that was throughout the entire game, starting from the middle of the first quarter, it was never a shadow of a doubt. We were up by double digits. I believe the, after the um, first quarter, we never went below uh, double digits the whole game. It was, just a spectacular performance all around. Um, I mean, there was uh, five players with double digits in points on our team. The uh, starting lineup minus Terrence Ferguson, and then you had Dennis Schroeder on the bench, all with double digits. Um, great shooting overall. Um, our bench wasn't as good shooting, but I mean, that's sort of, uh, I don't know, picking, it's being a little picky at that point. I, I, I just, I thought it all went perfectly. The Chris Paul nutmeg in the fourth quarter really just capped it off. Um, just a, a great highlight as well. So uh, to answer the original Twitter question, yes, we miss Russ. Of course we do. He's Mr. Thunder. Um, he's, he's what made, he, he put a, 
he put our name on the map. Um, when we first came to Oklahoma City, he was he was the guy. Um, and I mean, how how can you not miss him? I mean, we all you know he's whenever he had a bad shooting night when he played for us, we would, I guess say some things negative about him, but no one really hated Russell Westbrook, like truly hated him. Everyone who was an Oklahoma City fan loves that guy. I mean, you just, how could you not? He's got that, he's got that mentality of ride or die. He, he's a perfect friend. If you ever had a friend like that, he'll do anything for you. He'll, he'll you know, he'll die. He'll go into battle and die for you if he needs to, metaphorically speaking, of course. So, oops. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a very emotional game. Um, I, I, I know I'm just repeating myself here, but it, 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 was, it was great. I loved everything about it. So, moving on. Our next Twitter question comes from... Smelly Fart Box 88. Still a fantastic name. He asks, who would be the best matchup for OKC in the playoffs? Which is a very <laughs> pretty amazing question at this point, given the fact that a month ago, maybe, we weren't even thinking in this way. We were still thinking of a lottery pick. And now we're asking, who are we going to see? I mean, what's the matchup going to be? Like? It's it's like we're back, back where we were uh, before we traded away Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, I think the matchup everyone secretly wants to see was what we saw last night was the Rockets and the Thunder. That would be a very interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the Westbrook. Uh, back, you know, playing in Oklahoma City and then Chris Paul playing in Houston for some of those playoff games. That's an interesting dynamic. But it also, I think our matchup on the court is pretty good. I mean, that three-guard lineup that everyone's been talking about, they don't really have the things to, the players to match up on them. They have Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker, both, good defenders, but that's only two guys. And Harden and Westbrook are are good defenders in their own ways, but they're not... I, I don't think they're quite capable of holding um, that three-guard matchup for a seven-game series. I, and I think that showed... Um, it showed last night. And not because they necessarily scored all of the points, but you also saw that um, it gave space for players like Diallo to get to the basket. Um, you also saw, I mean, the, uh, the uh, sorry, Gallinari was uh, more open on the three-point line. He was shooting very well to start, which also helps. So it, it opens up a lot of other players besides those three guards <clears throat> in Dennis, SGA, and Chris Paul. Uh, to do what they need to do on offense. Um, and I just don't think Houston defensively 
uh, has a very good matchup built as they are in currently uh, to do that. So I think Houston is interesting. I mean, the other possibilities are, um, you know, if we are in the eight seed, we could see a Lakers or a Clippers matchup, which, you know, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to do very well on that, but given the way we're playing, I think we don't have to necessarily settle for that eight seed. I think six is in the possibility, maybe even five. If, um, you know, Dallas or Utah kind of hits a, a bad streak, even though both of those teams are playing pretty well. Um, you never know. I mean, it's all it takes is one injury and one of those, <clears throat> one of those teams is going to have a hard time keeping that, that spot they have right now in the playoffs. But matchup wise, I like Houston. Um, just because I think our offense, as you saw last night, thrives uh, incredibly well with uh, the five that they usually put on the court. So next question comes to us from at Russ is my daddy. He says, what would be the best realistic situation going forward from now for this team? Uh, and I think, I think the answer now is playoffs. I think, um, until Sam Presti finds a team that's willing to bite the bullet, so to speak. I don't think he has any intentions of forcing a trade. I think unless he gets a deal that he uh, really wants, which is probably going to be something along the lines of some more draft picks, some more young assets. I don't think he's giving away uh, even Gallinari, who's on an expiring contract. I think they might even try to sign him in free agency just because of how well he's worked in the system and how well Chris Paul and uh, he and Chris Paul uh, do so. They just do so well together on the court. And you, they seem to be good friends now. They're, I mean, the chemistry just looks great. Um, so I think at one point we were thinking Gallinari was a done deal, uh, especially early on. But I don't think Presti has any, has any intentions of necessarily doing that if it's just going to be a wash. Um, I think he's for all intents and purposes, this is the team we are going to go into the playoffs with. I don't think we're going to be buyers um, because that just doesn't make sense for our future. And it's not something I would imagine Presti doing, giving up uh, draft picks or one of our young guys to be better for this year, because there still is, like I said, a possibility we could fall to the eighth seed and no matter really who we bring in, I don't think there'll be enough to match with the Clippers or the Lakers if they are full uh, strength. Uh, they just have too, many, too much talent on, that, on those uh, teams. And as good as we've been playing, Chris Paul and um, Steven Adams are really the only guys that have legitimate playoff experience. And that does matter uh, you know, when you get to that part of the season. So, um, in short, I think moving forward, we, I would say a trade is going to be more of a, um, less of an expectation than it was, but I wouldn't be surprised still if one of our guys got, does get traded. And if he does, then I think the whole playoff picture changes. But 
given this roster, we're moving forward in when, uh, you know, go to the playoffs and see what happens. Uh, you know, last year with Golden State, you never know what happens. KD goes down, Clay Thompson goes down, and then you've got a totally different picture ahead of you. Um, so you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. So all that matters is you get in the playoffs, you give yourself a chance, and then you see what happens from there. So uh, this question comes to us from at Leighton K75. He says, is CP3 point God or is CP3 point God? And the answer to that is yes. CP3 has been amazing. And uh, obviously that nutmeg play in this game was awesome. <laughs> it was a highlight reel for everyone on NBA Twitter. But I, I mean, I think we're forgetting that just two days ago, or I guess three days ago now, Chris Paul's fourth quarter and overtime game in Brooklyn was spectacular. Uh, he had 20 of his 28 points during that stretch and continues to be uh, statistically the best clutch player. If you look at the clutch statistics, which is under five minutes with a point differential of five or less, he has been the best. Um, he has the most points in that time. He doesn't have the most points per game because um, he's just played more games than a lot of these other guys in this statistic have played. And so technically Zach Levine, I think has the most, but I don't think anyone is out here saying Zach Levine is, has been more clutch for his team than, <laughs> than Chris Paul. So I think, um, I think you can say that he has been like such a, the most important person on really any team to get uh as many wins as he's given his team um just not only the clutch statistics uh his leadership his his chemistry with like i mentioned before galinari with sga with dennis with Baisley. i mean you've seen him uh they've we've seen some shots of him on the bench when he's resting, talking with Baisley about something or with SGA about something or one of the other young guys, just like he's constantly teaching on the court, presumably in practice everywhere. I mean, he is, he has been absolutely perfect thus far in the season. Uh, and I, I mean, we're starting to love this guy. I mean, <laughs> we came into this, this season almost, with bated breath because we didn't know if he would be a poison to the locker room because we're so used to um, a great basketball culture, which we've developed over the last decade or so um, with Presti and this the organization doing a great job of that. And I think people were wondering, well, if you throw this guy in the mix, what's going to happen? And I think, we can all say pretty confidently that we were wrong. Uh, he is, I think he's not only, I think he's made it even better. Uh, not to say that it was a bad culture before, but I think the way it is set up now is the is more optimal towards winning games, which is, at the end of the day is the point of 
creating a good culture is to is that you can go out and you can win games and have good chemistry together and it's sustainable and that's what we've seen i mean it's it's been nothing short of impressive um he is also the point god just i mean he's he's controlling the offense he's getting the shots where he needs them i can't remember where i heard this but um there was somebody mentioned that uh, the reason Chris Paul is scoring so much in the fourth quarter is that he's spending the first three quarters calculating his his uh, scheme, trying to figure out their defense, and then unleashes it all in the fourth quarter. And to me, that's just a funny kind of image to see. He's just like analyzing and crunching the numbers and he's at a computer figuring it all out and then he he gets the answer by the fourth quarter and it always comes out correct it's i mean that's kind of what it is he's he's he knows exactly where to be for any particular defense to get his shot or give someone else their shot uh that leads to the best outcome um and Nine out of ten times it works. So, um, our last question we're gonna do today comes from at Rax Thunder underscore. He says, in all caps, "Oh my God, are we good or what?" With several question marks and an exclamation point. And yes, we are good. This is a good team. It has leadership. It has young developing players. It has a good defense. It has a, an offense that can spread the floor with Gallinari and Chris Paul and sometimes, uh, or not sometimes, but Dennis Schroeder as well, and sometimes Abdul Nader, who's been providing some good minutes. Uh, and then you also have the energy guys that you need, like Diallo, and SGA and um, Darius Baisley. Like, you've got a nice mix of all the right things. And they may not be the most talented, but I think they're just as competitive as any other team in the league. And they are good. They're good. I mean, they're what, five games over 500 now? Um, Six games, excuse me. They're 22 and six. Uh, and I'm going to quickly look up what that, I think they're still in the six, six seed. Let me check. Oh, no, seventh, sorry. So they're in the seventh. They're one and a half games behind the Mavericks. I don't know if they're necessarily catch up to them, but I mean, we're five games ahead of the eight seed. So we have a comf comfortable spot in that seventh seed right now. Um, and really, the, the all the other closest guys are below 500. The Spurs, 16 and 20. Grizzlies, 16 and 22. The Trailblazers, 16 and 23. So all those those three teams, maybe not the Grizzlies, um, they're looking to make some moves to get better. So we'll see. Nothing's happened yet, but um, you know, we'll see what happens from there. But yes, yes, we're good. And I think constructed as is, like I've said, this is a playoff team. This is one of the best, that one of the top eight teams in the Western Conference without a shadow of the doubt, of a doubt, excuse me. So, you know, I'm excited. I think, I think Thunder Nation is excited to see 
how we do moving forward because this team is fun to watch. I mean, it's crazy to say, and given the fact that we just had Russell Westbrook back, it seems sort of weird to say this, but it is, it's a fun team to watch. And it's not necessarily saying that Westbrook and Paul George here was worse. It's just something feels different. It feels, I don't, I personally don't feel so, um, I don't know, just whenever we lose, it doesn't feel as bad. It doesn't feel like we could have won those games because in every game, it feels like we compete our best and we put the best uh, game plan and the best, um, we put up the right shots. So at the end of the day, you can't really be mad because sometimes you, those shots don't go in. Whereas last year, it felt like they, they weren't the right shots. Um, and so then you got a little more upset because you're thinking to yourself, well, what if they had taken the right shots? They could have won that game. So I think to me, it's different in that way. And again, this isn't a knock on Russ because I think what, what makes Russ so special is that, uh, that element of chaos. Uh, because... The chaos also is what gave us those those uh, plays like in the uh, playoff game with in the Lakers where that iconic and one shot, that's that's an example of chaos, but in a, a, a way that energizes a crowd. But he's also chaos in the fact that he'll take some pretty crazy shots and a lot of them won't go in. Another example of the chaos is in that Denver game, the iconic three-point shot to seal his MVP season in 2006, that's, that's not a necessarily a great shot. I mean, you could have gotten a better shot than that, but it went in. And the fact that it went in is incredible. And I mean, that's just another example of, of the chaos. So it's just a different brand of basketball. And it just, it, yes, the, the lows aren't as low with this current team, but the highs are so also aren't as high because that element of chaos is what gave you that like uh, feeling of of uh, excitement. Um, not that this team isn't exciting, but it was just above anything we've seen before. Um, so there's pros and cons to either one, and you know I think after a decade of that. I, I don't think we're used to this type of basketball and it is enjoyable in some senses. Um, so again, we love Russ. I will always have, he'll always have a place in my heart and in Thunder Nation's hearts collectively. Um, we know what he did for this city, but moving forward, this team, we're excited about this team. This is a team I think we can all get behind uh, and mentally and emotionally prepare ourselves for a good playoff run because the, that possibility is still out there. Um, and like I said, all it takes is one or two freak, uh, things to happen. Not necessarily hoping for those, but they always happen, and if they break our way, then who knows? Who knows how far we could go? So that's all I got for today. Again, um, Thunder win against the Rockets and then one in Brooklyn in overtime. So we have now won our last two. 
this weekend on Saturday, we will be playing the Lakers to kind of end this tough stretch of teams. Um, I will not be on that recap. I will be out of town. So you will be hearing from somebody else. Uh, so I will see everybody on Monday after the Minnesota game. So with that said, thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. And you can find all of our merchandise on bigheadsmedia.com using the keyword thunder in the search bar. So uh, until next time, thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.